Okay, Joe, we're going throwback podcast today. Skeleton crew. Oh, yeah. The old team. Yeah. I miss the old team. Nikki's out. <laughs> you would. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki's out, although she's back right now. Laura's on a plane, although she's back for the second half of the episode. But yeah, it was like the old times. It's you, me, yep. Nick, Stephanie, and our guests. Surprise guest. Zoe Clark came from Michigan Radio, and she mm-hmm. brought a, she brought a, a surprise. Along. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what do you? I'm sorry, I missed it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was sick. That's fine. Even though Joe didn't care. Um, you know, I'm glad to be back though. So good. Hope it was a good one. It was good. So yeah, Zoe Clark, Michigan Radio is the Rest Strategies team, and you're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Are we recording a new intro this season? Why? I'm just wondering. Are you saying that you've had enough of Sarah Humphrey? No, 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 no. I, mean, I, I love Sarah. I would like to be a part of the intro. I think that right. would be nice. Well, why don't we work that little line in? That was good. Yeah. I'll, I'll find a spot for it. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really? I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his It's, it's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like, fruit to disgusting Get some disgusting stuff in some fruit. There's nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your. <laughs> okay, welcome back. You're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, and this is going to be wild. You're interrupting already. I was you haven't say, even, you, I haven't with even his gone eyes. <laughs> he just just interrupting with his eyes. Yes. No. <laughs> with your scotch. This uh, all the scripts are gone for this one, I think, because <laughs> I when when Deb came to knock on my door and say uh, that our our guest was mm-hmm. here for the podcast, mm-hmm. and she said they're both here, and I go <laughs> both here. There's only one person who's supposed to be here, but no, there are two. And a very special guest. Yes. So this will be fun. So yeah, so it's uh, Matt Resch, uh, Resch Strategies. You are listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, We are a public affairs and a public relations firm based in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, You can find us at reststrategies.com. We are also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Resch Strategies. Um, All of our podcasts are on our website. They're on iTunes and a number of other platforms. And uh, you can always find some interesting commentary. We still haven't figured out yet who runs this account. Maybe someday we will. But at Cold Oatmeal Pod is our Twitter account for this little podcast. It's a mystery. It's rude. Um, they come up with weird questions sometimes, but we, uh, we'll check that out. Let me go around. We have a bit of a skeleton crew, so it's a good thing that you, you brought Rick with us. There with you, go. you because it's we were to be. a bit of a skeleton crew today. I'll go around. Team, introduce yourself. Joe Beshi. Nick Deleuze here. Uh, Stephanie Vancouver. Stephanie is back from her travels to welcome back to Italy. Thank you. <gasps> nice oh, to see you. Was it wonderful? It was wonderful. Oh, I'm sorry you'd come back. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you so have no idea. Our good friend Laura Beal is, I think, on a plane coming home from spring break. Hi, Laura. And Nikki um, is under the weather today, which is a shame because she lost the bracket challenge, Mm-mm-mm. and it would. It, it's just not going to be the same without being able to make fun of her about losing that because I think she She'll was. She'll be such a baby about it. It's not going to be fun. She wasn't. She wasn't going to play. Although I was, I didn't want to tell her that my wife said to me yesterday. She was listening to the last episode with Jesse from the, the Log Nuts, and she looked at me and she goes, "You know that Nikki's really funny." <laughs> 
I go, yeah, she is. She is funny. I said, what about the rest of us? <laughs> she said, Nikki, she's really funny. So, Nikki, we miss you. Um, uh, Joe, quick, wanted to check in. Anything? Any Twitter polls from the last oh, time around? Let's see here. Let me let me dive into the. This always gives us a chance machine. to relive the best parts of the Latin those previous. Got episode. it. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know, I don't know who is is running this, but this is, these are the worst. These are the worst poll questions anyone could have. Give us an example. <laughs> up. Okay. It's like bacon. Bef- wait, 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 wait. Before we do this. So my favorite radio show, we've talked about this a little bit, is the Dan Labatard show. And they do polls sometimes. And you'll get to the one. So two episodes ago, the question was, ghosts, real or not real? Mm. Do you think ghosts are real? I have a deep philosophical answer to that. I don't know how deep you really want to get. Well, we haven't actually introduced you yet, so let's save that for before. <laughs> when, so everyone knows who it is, whose voice they're hearing. But anyway, so for this la- the last week, they've been doing a poll about whether or not ghosts are real, and we did it first. Oh, really? Yeah. So well, they're probably listening. So, so Levitard is aping the yeah, Cold Open podcast. Us. Okay, well, he that's cool. Us. Anyway, go anyway, ahead. Anyway, uh, first one, uh, the clarinet. Sexy, not sexy. <laughs> That's really who comes up with these. So there, it's a background because Nick played the clarinet beautifully. Do you still play? I do not. You know, speaking of Tim Skubik earlier, that is a question that Tim will often ask guests before the show starts. If clarinets yes. are sexy? No, no, that would be amazing. <laughs> Tim played whether, whether or not Nick DeLuce still plays the clarinet? Exactly. That is exactly it. No, he always wants to know whether people played in like the orchestra or the band and what uh, musical instrument they played. Because Tim played the clarinet. Think if I'm Tim wrong. played the I don't care. No, I think Tim played the clarinet. Well, there you go, Nick. All right. Well, I hate to break <laughs> you, Nick. It it, it lost uh, oh. 55 45. Oh. So. oh, you know what? That's close, though. Close. It's close, but yeah. yeah. Uh, next one pretzel slash smoothie bar. Not even a question, just a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea, bad idea. This like is because warm pretzels, like the doughy kind. Whatever, whatever you want to so, think it is. Yeah. So last time, what? So Jesse Goldberg Strassler, who is the voice of the Lansing Lugnuts, uh-huh. was sharing the best food in the Midwest League oh. uh, with us, and he said, "Did someone have a smoothie pretzel bar, or was he saying that someone that should from. open one?" I think someone he said someone should actually open a pretzel smoothie bar. Well, America doesn't agree. It's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty-four, forty-six. How many respondents are there? We I love that you were like. To get in that. I love yeah. that you were like America. <laughs> four people. But, so those are details we don't need to share with the listeners. Fake news. Last one. Uh, haiku. Too long, just right. Want more? <laughs> oh, that's funny. It'd be funnier if they had written it in haiku form. Yeah. Well, we what don't. Again, we don't know who's say? doing this. Uh, too long. Fifty percent. How? <laughs> the Twitter ge- Twitter generation. You can, you can fit long. a haiku in a tweet. You got 280 characters. You know what? I kind of agree. I don't like them. Uh, 33% said just right, and seven, only 17% want more. So yeah, it's just right. right. It's so tune in next week to the Dan Lambertard show. Well, they'll, they'll be talking. About, <laughs> talk about so we've heard the voices, but I need to get into the introductions here. Um, that voice, the, the female voice you heard, is Zoe Clark. Uh, the program director at Michigan's largest public radio station, uh, Michigan Radio, out of Ann Arbor. Uh, before being pro- uh, program director, she was the produ- producer of a number of the popular shows there at Michigan Radio, including Morning Edition, Stateside with Cynthia Canty, and Michigan Calling. She is also the host of It's Just Politics with the surprise guest that she brought with us dun, today, dun, dun, Mr. Rick Pluto, Rick. Michigan's f- most favorite radio <laughs> journalist. 
I was saying before we started that when I, I kid you not, when I I've been up north, and it always seems to happen up north. Maybe because Interlochen is always playing your oh, playing okay. your stuff or, or yeah. the, the Central Michigan station. But I'll go up there and I'll tell someone <clears throat> what I do, and I work in politics. Oh, you know Rick Pluta? Who else I was saying that? Selick, John Selick was saying that recently, that that always happens to him, that it's like out of all the people that he's worked for or worked with, that that's who people always I've traveled widely. I owe a lot of people money. <laughs> <laughs> so Zoe surprised us by bringing Rick along. So this is fun. I haven't, seen, haven't talked or seen him in a while. So, so feel free to jump. I'm sure you will. Feel free <laughs> As to if jump Rick in needs an invitation. Wherever. Couldn't make it through the intro. That's right. <laughs> But I guess Zoe. I, so these questions feel a little out of place now. I was like, because we're. But how about what, I? An, no, Rick answers them first about how you think I'll answer them, and then I'll answer them like those seventies game shows. We can shows. flip the card over. <laughs> I, I, I think we're actually onto something. There. <laughs> <laughs> you can change on the fly. So, what is a day in the life of the por- program director like? Oh my goodness. Um, well, so I wear a lot of different hats because. As although I am, you know, I run the programming department at Michigan Radio, which I think the staff is a total of like 32 now. I also am a total political junkie. So um, my day kind of depends on what what the news gods have decided is going on in the state. Um, so like, let's take last week, for example, we are in the middle of actually sending out a survey to listeners. We have more than half a million listeners in Michigan. And we want to kind of just get like a sense of what listeners are feeling like is there news fatigue um what do they want more of less of in both local and statewide news but also national news we were working pretty hard last week and putting a survey together and getting some quantitative and qualitative results from that so you mentioned news how is your job different from the news director Mm. So, well, other than the fact that the news director works for me. Oh, uh, love you, Vince. Uh, so uh, Vince Duffy, who is our fabulous news director, he oversees all of the reporters okay. who are going out um, and are doing the daily news. And he kind of makes sure that our newscasts are filled. So if you listen to Michigan radio um, and you listen at the top or the bottom of the hours and you hear a newscast, like he is making sure that we've got updated news, good audio sources, all of that kind of thing. Um, As the program director, I oversee uh, him and the newsroom, but also everything else that we're creating that goes out on the air, right? So stateside, our daily news magazine. Um, We recently finished um, our our first really in-depth podcast, Believed. Um, And then anything that has to do with digital storytelling um, and then also just all of the national shows, right? Because Michigan Radio is an NPR affiliate, which means I also have to oversee the programming of like Morning Edition and when that airs and all things considered. And making decisions on what airs. Right. Just because I watch her do this. Mm. I'm not an expert in my own (laughs) right. So you work 24 hours a day. It sounds like it was. Um, you know what? I can't say no to that. I'm, I'm, I, what I should say is I am always on call. Um, and my uh, mentor, Tamar Charney, who was really just taught me everything I know, because I actually started as a little baby intern at Michigan Radio. Uh, but Tamar was my boss. And she when she um, uh, took her new job at NPR and I took over as program director, she said it was the first time in eight years that she was 
turning off her phone and I at that moment kind of had a big gulp in my throat and was like oh now I know what I'm now I know what I'm in for <laughs> Tamar but, Charney that's one of my favorite NPR names Tamar Charney I was I've always loved that name. I know because you know they give us names when we start they, in public radio I've, I've heard yeah have you I don't know if you heard when Shana was on with us a while back yeah. I had just seen the article about the restaurant that was serving sandwiches right. named after NPR personality right 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 oh I remember listening to that yes. sure and then there's like the name generator where you put in your name and then it gives you the public radio name that's right i was i was looking this up because when i zoe clark like, zoe that's a it's like it's like a political like a political movie name i'm like zoe bartlett i know and zoe, zoe barnes zoe i barnes. know and zoe barnes yeah i know yeah, luckily so. one of them had a better a yeah. better ending than the other one definitely <laughs> <laughs> so is this what you always wanted to do is this your dream job no. No. I mean, I love it. But no, I desperately wanted to work in political campaigns. I really? actually wanted to do more of what, what y'all are doing. And actually, it's because I was totally of the West Wing uh, generation. And I desperately wanted to be C.J. Craig. But really, before that, I really wanted to be Dee Dee Myers. That, um, who, of course, if you are a, watch, a viewer of the West Wing, uh, C.J. Craig's character was based on Dee Dee Myers, who was Bill Clinton's first uh, female, well, first female press secretary, but also Bill Clinton's first press secretary. And I desperately wanted to do that. And I wanted to work on political campaigns. And I spent my freshman year at George Washington University in D.C. Um, and... Didn't love the school, but loved, loved, loved the city. And so I uh, transferred, I moved back to Ann Arbor, where I was born and raised, and went to U of M, where I graduated from, and started this internship at Michigan Radio my senior year, and thought I would uh, uh, work for us somewhere on the dark side, right? And, and understand, like, what the media was all about, and, and uh, before I went to go work for political campaigns. And uh, within, like, two weeks, I fell in love with... Um, all things Michigan radio and public radio and actually news gathering and very quickly realized that it felt like you could make a, a pretty amazing difference. So is, it, that. is that dream gone? The, or will you never go across the line? Oh, I don't have any plans to. No, I wouldn't. No. I mean, I will don't. tell you, you know, after you've been a, a, a journalist for a while, you see some stuff. Yeah. No, you're on the better side of things. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the better side. You're not getting any more sleep, though. No, definitely not any more sleep. And, you know, the thing is, Rick likes to say this, too, so I'll say it for him. Like, you know, after a political event, like, it's exhausting. But the politicians usually get to be done. The reporters right. are just starting. You know, state of the state night, it's like the the politicos are done, and then we just have to get filing. I was talking to Kyle Malin the other day when yeah. I was <clears throat> over there during, doing the MERS News podcast. Yeah. And he was... I heard it. You and Selleck. Yeah. No, yeah. Getting the, the band back together. Yeah. But we... um. It was the night after the Trump rally in, in uh, Grand Rapids. And, you know, it was 8.30, 9 o'clock on a Friday morning that we were doing it. Yeah. And Kyle had been up all night because once the rally was over and he got back to his car and yeah. dropped off his mom and then finally got home. It Wait, was Kyle late. took his mom to the <laughs> Trump rally? He did. How did you guys not talk about this? He mentioned it That's briefly amazing. that she was there. But yes, he, she, was, she wanted to go. And he said, OK, I'll take you. So he actually he didn't sit with the press. He sat up in the, in the crowds with 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 her because he didn't go couldn't get her through the press pass. Safer there for a reporter. Yeah. These yeah. days it sometimes feels yeah. that way. So is your do you prefer being <clears throat> behind the mic or behind the people who are behind the mic? So that's part of it. I I've done both and I absolutely love both. So when you're the executive producer, 
you get to kind of decide how you want. Um, today I'm going to be on. So you just move over. I'm going to be on today. I'm feeling Here's talkative. Here's how things are going to be. Uh, so as the EP, like you have an idea of where the sound is going to be or how you want things to happen. Um, but there's also something really exciting about being in front of the mic. For a long time, I didn't feel like I was qualified to do that at all. In fact, when Rick and I started, it's just politics. The idea of the show was really going to be that I just would simply interview him and that it was going to be... wasn't my idea of the show. That was my idea. That sounds like Rick's idea. I've yeah. got this idea. <laughs> yeah, no. You, in, Here's you what interview we're me do. and I'll talk. Right. You ask me these <laughs> no, questions. <laughs> and Rick was like, no, no, no. It's got to be a two-way street. And um, I think part of it was I offered a very newbie kind of like I was always asking questions that I think for many people like who had worked in Lansing for decades was like oh because it's always been done this way right and then when you have someone new with fresh eyes it can be sort of like well that is a good question why do we do it that way and it can come sometimes like peel back some different stories and different insights actually um my concept of it um, was that Zoe was a producer and she would call me up all the time going, what's going on in Lansing? What's going on in Michigan politics? And there was just a lot of engagement there. And uh, I'd had this idea banging around in my head for a while that if we could um, talk, I guess, to the public, to our, our audience, um, the way that people who are in politics talk about it because people who are in politics it's not nearly as partisan I think as it seems to the wider world and there's a lot of discussion about um craft uh, what, what are the novels that you got me reading Zoe the Daniel Silva books? the Daniel Silva books and and uh, um Gabriel Alon. Gabriel Alon I don't know and... how we got to Israeli spies here <laughs> but, out of this, but because in the course of these books they talk a lot about craft mm -hmm. and people in politics do um the the same thing that they look at how campaigns are run and they understand why people on either side of it did this or this in terms of um messaging or timing or you know the information that they're looking for and i think that a lot of that craft is invisible to the public and so i wanted to do something a little cheeky and a little fun that um helped reveal that i i, I don't know how well we succeeded but um zoe became the natural partner in that because she just loved it so much she would call up me and be like, what's going on here what's going on here and i saw this here and um she sort of had a natural sense of the, um, you know, of, of the connections, and it worked. And and I guess one of the ironies is that Zoe started off in journalism wanting to work in politics. I started out working in Republican politics and um, became a, a, a journalist. And so, you know, maybe that help lend itself as well to just, just the way that it all came together. I think you make an interesting point because, and again, we don't <clears throat> get into the, the politics of politics on this podcast much, but I think you'll you see that now with, with Gretchen Whitmer and some of her Senate legislative colleagues mm -hmm. where we didn't have with the Governor Granholm or Governor Snyder where those relationships weren't there. But I think a lot of people don't understand that a lot of those senators 
and Governor Whitmer are, are friends. They've yeah. been working together for a long time. And while they get up in front of a microphone giving speeches on the Senate floor, you think they hate each other. Right. But behind the scenes or even when the microphones are off, they're actually quite friendly. Well, 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 yeah, go ahead. I'm going to talk about how old I am. And, um, you know, Matt, you worked for Governor Engler. Mm-hmm. And I remember when he was the uh, Senate majority leader and there was some kind of a uh, fierce debate going on and the uh, Senate minority leader, Democratic leader at the time, Art Miller got up and delivered an impromptu speech about whatever was going on, and I don't remember what it was, was a a betrayal of an understanding. And I remember John Engler as the Senate majority leader um, standing into the back room and and looking at him going like, no, 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 no. There's a misunderstanding here. And and going over and, and talking to him. And, you know, they worked it out you know, right there. And it's, you know, people might complain that, you know, a lot of this is a kabuki dance and they would be correct. But one of the reasons that that exists is because there is, while there's certainly, you know, the the, the whole gamut of, of emotions that comes into play in terms of how these issues work their way through the legislature, um, through the bargaining with the governor's office, but there is also oftentimes genuine respect and a desire to get something done. And when someone feels on one side, whether it's of a party or an issue, feels betrayed, there's also an effort to go back and try and mend that for a whole bunch of reasons. But part of it is because, um, you know, very often we find that that uh, there's more respect that these players have for each other than what I think most people um, would perceive, in, um, you know, outside mm-hmm. the halls of the Capitol or, you know, wherever. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about how recently, what did uh, Mike Sharkey said something and then the governor Whitmer texted him I guess you know later and kind of like needling on right. him on it and I mean I, I agreed I think folks don't see that that happens as much but I also think in some respects it happens I mean maybe if we're talking specifically about DC that it doesn't happen I don't think nearly as much right the good old days where you know Tip O'Neill and afterwards you know there'd be some huge Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill would sit down have a drink and right afterwards you'd have a scotch or you'd go play golf in the weekend I think I think in DC that happens less I hear I think in Lansing I you know I I was not covering the Capitol when um, term limits Mm -hmm. were not in effect. But from everything that, you know, I've come to understand, that certainly has changed things drastically. But I think with this governor, it is different, right? Because she is kind of one of them in some ways. Well, and you see, in D.C., they're not confined to one room for mm-hmm. hours at an end because they're yep. not really in the Senate or House chambers yep. as, a, as a body very often, whereas well, here they're stuck in those rooms together. In, in D.C., the conference system and what in Lansing is, is called the caucus system, mm-hmm. the conference system is just so much more powerful. And I think, Matt, you, you, you nailed it, that a big part of that is just because – you know the House of Representatives, you know, is 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 so big, and you know in Washington, you know the United States Senate is 
barely smaller than um, you know the Michigan House of Representatives. And well, so it's just the institutions are, are so much right. larger and vast. And then you know when you look at all of the associations, the lobbying firms, and the interests that come into play there, that it, it's far, far more labyrinthine than what we see in Lansing, which is not to say that Lansing is not labyrinthine either. Yeah. Okay. I also think there's just an issue with fundraising and money, right? That what you hear from... Um, uh, you know, reps in D.C., right, is like that they don't have time to spend in D.C. anymore to get to know each other because they are constantly flying back to district to hold fundraisers right. because of the cycles that the, you know, the morning after you win, you are starting to have to fundraise again because so much of it is the money game. And so there isn't that time to go and hang out with your right. fellow <laughs> lawmakers. Instead, you're going out and figuring out how to raise money for your next Although election. they do have the exact same experience of as soon as you're elected, you're immediately, you know, back into that uh, mm -hmm. fundraising, you know, into that fundraising yeah. cycle. You know, what's oh. been called the permanent campaign is also the uh, permanent fundraising effort. Right. So I want to shift gears a second here. Sure. How has the podcasting boom affected Michigan radio or program directing or yeah. the radio business? It's Especially a long form kind of like NPR is where, you know, your sh shows on NPR yeah. were podcasts before podcasts were around. Right. And what's interesting is in many respects, some of the most popular shows on NPR or in public radio continue to be some of the most listened to podcasts, right? This American Life, Radio Lab, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. It's actually really interesting. Sometimes I'll talk to like younger folks who don't realize that they have a home in terrestrial radio, meaning that like they're on broadcast, right? That it's like you can listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning at Michigan Radio. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I just listened to it as a podcast. So I think it's less about like what podcasts have done in terms of content and I would say more just about changing the listening habits right and it's that way for so many different things um right like like cassettes you know being able to rent a movie was gonna put you know movie theaters out of business because you wouldn't go I mean it's just fundamentally shifted things but the idea that you can time shift content now which we've been doing for years when it comes to TV and Netflix and things like that I think has been much bigger. Um, but in terms of long form content, you can just do different things when it's a podcast first terrestrial. I was talking about Believe, the podcast we did about the um, women and the survivors of Larry Nassar and, and the women who took him down. And there were a lot of things that we did in that podcast that that we wouldn't have been able to do if it was specifically for radio and not just in terms of like content, but for radio, you have to fit it into a time. And it's got to, you know, you've got to put a break in here. And um, when you're creating podcasts, you don't have to necessarily do that. I was going to ask you about that podcast sure. because we had Matt Mancrini on. Yes, Matt, it was amazing. He, was, he is, it is a loss to Lansing that he is no longer. It um, is. And I, I feel responsible. And I know Matt's probably not listening because yeah. he's moved away to. What do you mean he's not listening? Uh, <laughs> hi, Matt. He's a subscriber. <laughs> I feel, I feel that he and I are personally the, the two of us responsible for the fall of the Cubs last year because it was a week before the end of the baseball season uh -huh. ended and the Cubs were up like four or five games. Yeah. We both confidently said, oh, they can't blow this. 
And then they did. And then they had a whole Okay, I don't know sports ball that well, but isn't that kind of just the story of the Cubs or is that like just the story of like the Pistons? Yeah, but and Matt like, and I, I are like both is... these. I was always, I felt this this kind of connection to him before I even knew him because oh. he was always tweeting about the Cubs. Right, right, right. I'm like, we need to get together. And then the two of us just yeah. ruined the Cubs. No, Matt, um, Matt was Kate Wells, um, our reporter who has uh, been on the, the Nassar story really since the beginning, since the Indianapolis Star um, story in the fall of 2016. And Matt, I think, are just some of the most incredible journalists who have really followed um, the story uh, well before it was making even statewide headlines, let alone national headlines. So. I don't want to get her in trouble, but she kind of big time this here. This Kate time. did? Yes. Why? She, well, I Kate asked, Wells, are you listening I right asked now? her and Matt. I said, would you two come on together? Yeah. And I, in, in her defense, I asked, like, asked her like, the, the height of the scandal. Yeah. And she's like, dude, a little busy. I'm a little busy doing <laughs> Talk some Talk about working 24 hours. Kate did. Right. Uh, but at Kate... least she responded because Matt blew me off the first time. It was like six months later before I could get Matt to uh... But then we got him on when things were a little quieter. Yeah, no, they the um, just amazing, amazing reporting. So in booking guests, I'm sure you've booked your share. Of, oh, of yes. Called banging the phones, as the Brits like to who, say. The BBC who is the says. coolest name that you think, wow, I can't believe I got, or I'm so thrilled I got that person, or I booked that person? Oh, gosh, I don't know if there's, look, here's the thing about booking guests, and you've probably had this, is like, especially when you're new at it, like, anytime you book a guest and it, like, works out, it's, like, just so awesome. That's just, like, a if, if you feel, like, high from that, that's a producer thing. I would say more just, like, funny incidents of, like, um, once we were waiting for an interview with John Dingle, he was on the phone, and... um and we were like, okay, you know, we were waiting. We could hear something was going on in the background. Someone had walked in the room. But you know how it is with mics. You can't quite tell. And he came on and he apologized that, you know, Vice President Biden had walked in. And so he had to, like, <laughs> talk to the VP for a while. Um, so there's just funny story. Like, you know, a congressperson's press secretary who should go unnamed who um, forgot about an interview. And while we were recording the background, just yelled the F word really, really loudly <laughs> as an accident. Um, a good, you know, a couple... More unnamed. They they should all stay off the record. But but one, um, let's say, presidential candidate who did not realize that we could hear him and he was berating his staff member for um, booking another interview while we were on the line and he did not realize that we were on the line and was like, don't you ever. Do- oh, hello. How are you today? <laughs> and it was the craziest thing to hear, like how quickly he was able to. Was that Rand Paul? I, I will not name names. <laughs> I will Rand not Paul name Paul. names. I'm sure it was Rand Paul. <laughs> <laughs> okay so this i'm guessing and this was before you brought rick yes because i'm guessing he has a good answer to this question okay. this is maybe a bit off topic okay That's, okay so I, i'm gonna steal this question from a, a show i was listening to as well since they stole the ghost question from me okay um the question is yes i like cold oatmeal yes okay that was exactly <laughs> what i was going for sorry okay good um who is the most famous person that you have shared a public restroom with so this this was uh, a question that started at, it started because a person on this show had an incident where they i think they went to a concert okay went to the bathroom and looked next you, to them can we can, i'm sorry can we be honest a second you're asking this question because you want to talk about ryan sandberg i wasn't gonna ask i wasn't, wasn't gonna bring it up of I'm, course i'm you're quite sure you all have a better story than i do i, I just figured with the circles that Zoe and Rick, I mean, travel, let's be honest. Crazy of- stuff happens on Mackinac Island. There right. is a bathroom on 
the Grand Hotel. It is on that first floor when you walk in. Like, you know, when you're walking past Sadie's Mm -hmm. and then there's like the flower shop and then right at like where you check in to the right, there's a woman's bathroom. And like just inevitably you walk in there like in the evening and it's just chaos. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Famous people chaos? Well, I mean, like Michigan famous. Yeah. Michigan famous. Yeah, but I mean, again, you know what stays happens <laughs> on Mackinac. That, that's never been a real rule. <laughs> what, what happens on Mackinac? Well, now that there's always po- lands and gong were and so many podcasts, that's you know, right. you gotta yeah. you gotta watch your back now. Yeah. Can we count the fist fights anymore on on two hands? That I feel we, like that we it's know been about. a Mackinac or two since there's been a fist fight. Yeah, it probably has that we've learned well, about. Not anymore. to mention that we a know about session yeah. or two. Right, yeah. right. Okay, so what's your bathroom story? Well, I, does anyone else have a good one? Did you I, have one? I you don't. Had? No, I don't. We talked about this. We no. I have a rule that what happens in the bathroom. <laughs> <is> <laughs> that, that's a better rule. <laughs> right. Not the back and off the bathroom. No, when I was 10, biz back to the Cubs. After the Cubs won the pennant in 1984, yeah. uh, some of the famous Cubs travel around in the winter. You know, and They go to holiday inns across the Midwest and people come and have lunch with them. And my parents had gotten me tickets for Christmas to go see the Cubs caravan. And I was 10, and I was going to the bathroom, and I looked to my right, and Ryan Sandberg, my favorite baseball player of all time, Hall of Famer, was standing next to me. What did you do? I I quaked in fear and was like... (laughs) I mean, I mean, I was ten. I so was like the my, rule is is that you just look ahead. I looked ahead. Look ahead. <laughs> I, I think that's always wall. just the rule, yeah, right, right? In men's urinal etiquette. Okay, well, that was a, apparently a stupid question to bring up. Wah, I got wah, nothing. Wah. Do you edit? Do you edit these out? <laughs> Almost not much. Maybe. No. <laughs> We're about to start. <laughs> There's a first time for everything. Should we go to the book of questions then? Since we my can, questions suck. But questions differently this time. So I think the new rule is going to be. Wait, you guys get your questions from a book? There is a. Just so people know, we are looking at a book that is called The Book of Questions. Yeah, right? so the background yeah. on The Book of Questions is that we discovered what? Two months ago that Stephanie had on her desk a book of, a questions. Book of questions. And now we've been asking people questions for months. And I feel like this means you guys don't trust your own questions if you need a book. These are just. Did you hear my last one? <laughs> <laughs> Too shy. <laughs> anyway, the way this goes is there's 200 odd questions in here, and the guest picks a number, and we ask that question. However, it's not working well. It's not working well. So Why? the new, the new, there's going to be a new step questions. in there, oh, and okay. you're going to pick a number, and then I'm going to look at the question, and if I don't like it, we're going to pick another number, and we're so going to we, land okay. on something that we've I like. We've tested it okay. five or six times, and it's been a dumb question. Okay. Yeah, five or six times. So pick a number, one between two, one two hundred. 23. I feel like that one's been picked. Let's check it out. You knew I was going to pick that. I think that was the first one. Joe's reading. His lips are moving. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad, Joe's this is bad podcasting, Joe. I don't love this one. Is Go it the one? It's not one we didn't No, we didn't We didn't do it, but if it sucks, we'll do another we'll one. We'll decide. We'll democracy. Right. We'll decide whether we like it or not. All right. <sighs> While on a trip to another city, your spouse or lover mm-hmm. meets and spends a night with an exciting stranger. Given that they will never meet again and that you will not otherwise learn of the incident, would you want your partner to tell you about it? If the roles were reversed, would you reveal what you had done? Absolutely and absolutely. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) 
Remember that editing part? <laughs> yeah, I hate that one. I just yeah, pick a different one. There's got to be a better one. In there. I think one. this might be um, the last chance for the yeah. questions. 53. 53. God, this one sucks too. Give me one more. One more. <laughs> why, why don't you just pick one? Just lost why don't you tell her that she's guessed over 72 and then... I guess what number am I? 70. I, no. I, oh, I, you, you don't know how... You, you suggest... Which number of podcasts? Is this 34? Episode 34. Okay, 34. 34. 34. This book sucks. It's serendipitous. With the last question from the book of questions. What was your most enjoyable dream? <laughs> your worst nightmare. This book's terrible. I was going to say. Hand me the book. <laughs> I swear when we Carry on amongst like, yourselves. Oh, you're going to try to find one? Oh, my God. This is the one. I'm not. Which one? Are, you're holding up. Yeah, that's not one no. we're going to read. No. <laughs> read, no. Read it. Read it. Go. What we forgot is it's actually called the X-rated book of questions. No, yeah, it's. This book. <laughs> it feels like this book is. Rick is now handing me the book so I can. I was walking around showing the book. Oh, my goodness. I didn't. What kind of podcast you, you guys read? You need a disclaimer on a book like that. Right? All right. That's going to be like that Deb Hart, the porn podcast. That <laughs> we were, she thought we were doing. Um, the Deb Hart If you porn knew. Podcast. A thermonuclear holocaust would occur in precisely 20 years, and no one would survive it. How would you change your present life? You asking me? I would rack up a ton of debt, is yeah. what I would yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Would I you would, go back to Italy? I would not be here, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've kind of taken a wonderful interview and dragged it down to the end of the, the pits of Actually, dumb Actually, question questions. 192 is kind of timely. <laughs> What do you do when you're being interviewed on a podcast and... When you are with your friends, do your interactions include much touching? For example, hugging, kissing, roughhousing, or rubbing backs. Would you like to have more of this? Is this a Joe Biden reference? Exactly. <laughs> this, is a, this is a question in the news. You're welcome. Thank you. For what, timely because of Joe Biden? Is there an echo in here? <laughs> <laughs> well, Zoe, thank you for stopping by. Thank you, thank you for bringing And with that, Rick, the podcast been, abruptly ends. Yeah. And scene. No, Rick, it's been it's good to see you. I'm glad you can glad you can make it. This was fun. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thank you. Enjoy the beautiful day. Thanks. We'll be right back. Our guests are gone, Zoe and Rick, surprise guest Rick, but we've replaced them. New day, Nikki and Laura are back with us. Yay. Laura's Yay. landed. <laughs> Nikki's no longer sick. Nope. So she told me back. 95%. 90%. She was 90 90%. So. That was you before she had the glass the yeah. glass of green wheatgrass, cod oil. liver oil. I'm on the mend very quickly. Take your here. spirulina and you'll be all set. I know. Yeah. yeah. So we just got back from a group a group field trip out to Chris Johnson's non-target living new brand spanking headquarters in uh, I guess what is that Bath East Lansing. I don't know. It, it's I East think Lansing. It's, yeah, it's, it's Hawk Hollow. Right by Hawk Hollow. Yeah. On-target living. To the the origins of cold oatmeal. We all had some oatmeal, although it wasn't cold. We had warm oatmeal this morning. It was very enjoyable. We it lived like delicious. Joe today. We drank wheatgrass. 
we drank cod liver oil. Most of us did. We had so oatmeal. When you see us all on the streets later, like throwing cars around and, you know, climbing buildings <laughs> like superheroes. We, we decided we had to come back and do this part of the podcast immediately because we were so hyped up and high energy. I was like, we've got to go do something. We're all on board, though, right? We're all I'm in. Give me the wheatgrass right, guy. Yeah. I need that. I'm going to okay. get the ice cubes. I'm going to drink them or chew them. Yeah, or chew them or whatever you do with them. Are you going to start putting lemon in your just hot water that you drink every day? <laughs> I, I, I might. I do drink lemon with my water first thing in the morning. Oh, okay. So you you were already doing the right thing. I don't need the book without okay. knowing about it. <laughs> <laughs> he puts lemons in his vodka at night too, which puts yeah, so it. That's how, that's how I keep. The, yeah. Actually, it's more limes. That's how I keep the scurvy away. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of limes. Good we, co- we covered that with Karen Steffel last year. Is the the number of limes at the bottom is how I keep track. So, Nick, what were your thoughts? How what do you think of the wheatgrass? Uh, well, I, let me say first that I I find Chris to be. I, I mean this genuinely inspiring. So like I, I had this when he was here earlier too. I, like I see what you, why you enjoy his company and why you get so much out of him. Like he, he has a, a personality that draws you in and he's so knowledgeable. Um, and he makes, th- he, he expresses things in a way that make a lot of sense to me. Um, and so I, I'm not going to give him all the credit for some positive lifestyle changes that I've made, but certainly he was part of, some of the changes I've made and I walked away. It, it was something even that he'd said that had nothing to do with health um, towards the end of the conversation about, um, <clears throat> about pursuing rejection. Um, and, and that basically that you've just got to, you've got to keep trying things. Um, even that I found inspiring. So I'll start with that. Then I'll go to the wheatgrass. I feel a little unsettled right now, physically. <laughs> 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 I'm sure it'll pass. This is just a shock to the system. Yeah, your body doesn't know what to do with that. Shock to the system. You just have more energy than you know what to do with. That might be it. (laughs) That might be it. Yeah, the cod liver oil was fine. It it tasted like like lemon, um, which was a nice surprise. Um, Yeah, and the oatmeal was very good. No, I agree with you though about Chris being just a cool guy to be around. And I, I've read all of his books. I do most of his stuff, but I, I really do like seeing him once or twice a year just to sort of like draw you back into it and make you refocus on all the stuff that you should be doing and, and just trying to be better. I, well, it's one of the things that surprised me about him both both times that I've interacted with him now is how little judgment there is from somebody who is obviously so smart and so put together on these topics. Yeah. Um, you know, but you express something that you do that's you know obviously not in keeping with sort of his lifestyle and it's not like oh well you got to change that it's you know you're doing fine i mean it's it's like a completely no judgment and and, and that sucks me in a little bit yeah. and or he work he do does better. a workaround for you it's like okay that's fine but let's figure out this little way to go well, the do whole, it and maybe it'll be a little different yeah, a little better. and his mm-hmm. his whole thing is like it needs to be I, you can't throw 50 things at someone and say, okay, this is what you do every day from now on, these 50 things. It needs to be something that you can, it needs to be feasible to add to your daily routine. You need to form a habit around something. So you start small with a couple little building blocks and you, you add what you can add comfortably and you see where you go with that. And then you just kind of go from there. And it's, it's a, it's a nice approach. It's a, it's a, an approach that I think makes sense to just trying to improve yourself i'm going to work on a couple little things and well i think it makes sense too like 
you think, oh, I'm just going to go down the health food aisle and I'm going to get a few things and I'm going to, you know, be doing better. But, you know, I just I asked him a few questions and he was like, well, why would you change? You know, why would I change to peanut butter powder? You know, just have legit actual peanut butter. You know, the oil's good for you. And I thought, oh, like I thought I was being so good. So, you know, it just is interesting to realize and what he was saying about, you know, just be closer to the source of the things that you're eating and. I was like, oh, I eat a lot of processed food. I should probably change that. <laughs> the red the red part of the target. Stay away mm-hmm. from the red part. Well, maybe the yellow, but yeah. <laughs> Make your way. It's a slow process. <laughs> and his, right? and his, Make his, your way he, to the I, middle. He didn't mention it today, but his rule with all that is always like, you know what? No one's going to eat. It's impossible to eat in the center the entire time. He does right. it for like when he's getting ready for those like bodybuilding competitions. And it's hard. Like right in the center, it's hard to do. If you're doing 80%... Like yeah. in the two green circles, you're you're nailing it. You're doing awesome. So you can have some fries every now and then. There's twenty percent that you can play with. <laughs> so speaking of fries, first of all, nontargetliving.com. So if you're listening, want to, they got videos, they've got recipes. People, I mean, people do ask me. I was when I was on with Kyle at Mers. You know, what do you put in your oatmeal? And really? Yeah. Yeah. And Good. So. It, you're curious about the recipes they have videos recipes at ontargetliving.com but speaking of french fries and lunch we need to talk about the brackets hanging on the wall behind me Um, (laughs) and it is it's historic because not only did the virginia cavaliers win the national basketball title they went from last last year having the biggest upset of all time to winning it and stephanie went from last last year dead last horrible last just like Virginia. Don't, no. Picked, picked, <laughs> picked, Virginia, picked Virginia to win it all, and she, like the Cavaliers, has come out victorious this year. Yay. Congratulations. So, Thank congratulations. you. Well done. Did you mm-hmm. pick Virginia to win? I did. So you picked Virginia to win last year and this year? I, no, no, last year I picked somebody else. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say that would be very interesting that mm-hmm. you, they upset you so much last year, and then you you know, had enough faith in them again. So. No, I don't have faith in anybody, but I can Google <laughs> things. And I Googled when I was making my bracket, I Googled a ranking list that I found online someplace and I used it to fill it out. And Virginia was at the top of that list. So I just kind of went with it. Well, Texas Tech is now my favorite team because they ensured that I did not come in last by beating the Spartans. I've got a soft yeah. sauce in them anyway. I just, yeah. when like Bobby Knight was there, that was cool. And, uh, yeah, guns up. I like Texas Tech. I They're my them. least favorite really? team now, <laughs> for what it's worth. I hate them. Why? I, hate them. I so I, I I remember many losses that the Spartans have had, and I do not hate the teams like Butler. Right, like Butler's fine. Right, They're when someone team. earns it. Right. Uh, well, I felt like Texas Tech earned it, but well, watching effing yeah, Patrick Mahomes. In the crowd, I don't like Patrick. Oh, so this Cheering is going to the Broncos. This has nothing to do it with is. basketball. This is it about made the Broncos. my blood boil. It I'm like, I do like not want to see his his stupid oh, they, hair. They put him on <laughs> yeah. the screen so many times, and I'm I'm not a big football person. So I said to Jimmy, "Am I supposed to know who that guy <laughs> I've is?" I've got to see enough of his face <laughs> during the NFL season, trampling all over my team, and now to see him trampling all over the basketball team I like to root for too. It was. Not fun. Not to rehash things too much, but my biggest problem with that game was the guy from Texas Tech, and of course I'm not going to remember his name, who was like flopping all over the place ridiculously. Like he was hitting his head on the scoreboard, and like there was like five different times he twisted, remember he twisted his ankle weird, that wasn't a flop. And then like he was so hurt, but then he came running back out of the 
it was like, oh my god, like super. That was dramatic. for one. For one, let's two things to remember here. One, that was cool. Like I did not think he was coming back. I right. I thought that was awesome when he ran back out Willis Reed style and came I back think the game. If, if it was Cleese just that style. isolated yeah. thing, but because he was the same dude who was like flopping like crazy all throughout the game, I was just like, okay. You, his, you're just mad because he was wearing a headband too. And Cassius, Cassius is the only person oh. who can wear the headband. And by flop, you mean a head-on-head collision and then him like rolling through the scorer's <laughs> table or whatever it was. I swear those were just dramatic they were not. It seemed and, like and, it to and me. And two, for the Spartans in the room, let's not get that upset. You are never going to win anyway. Tom Izzo <laughs> never wins Final Fours. Oh, he Joe. just gets there and then it's over. You know what, Joe? That's their thing. <laughs> I can't talk to you anymore today. It's only 10.30. This can be the end. He's been, to, he's been to what, like 35 Final Fours and has one title? I mean, uh, come on. How did your team do in the tournament, Joe? Hmm? How'd your team do? I don't care about March Madness. This is not important to me. <laughs> is, that, is that because Notre Dame didn't make the field? If they did, I would have been into it. But mm. like, I am very proud of the Spartans. I am too. Me too. Yeah. I didn't I'm go just there, really proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you, you too, be. Stephanie. So where are we going to lunch? I don't know yet. I have to. I have to think about it. Okay. I have to evaluate pricing and everything and available dates. You don't have to evaluate pricing. I just said <laughs> let's not go to Envy, please. <laughs> That's it. Which is good because I don't want to go there anyway. Yeah, Laura doesn't like it. I don't know if Nick likes it or not. I, I yeah, I like Envy. I love it. By the way, we know. That's why like, we're not going. I do too. I think it's awesome. <laughs> just kidding. It might be Cupies. I, I haven't been to Cupies in a really That'd long time. That'd be awesome. And I love their fried chicken sandwiches. There you go. Do they have wheatgrass? <laughs> Probably <No>. not. <laughs> yeah, you have some healthy wheatgrass with your fried chunk of chicken. Balance. Yeah, it is balance. Okay. Why not? Well, good. Well, I want to thank Zoe Clark, Program Director for Michigan Radio, stopping by and bringing Rick. We haven't talked to Rick in a long time. It's good to see him. Um, Nikki, Laura, good to have you back. Stephanie, back from Italy. Welcome back. Thanks. Um, you've been listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is the Rest Strategies team, and we'll talk to you next time. I wasn't even I, <laughs> I wasn't even aware that you were having a reaction to this. I'm good having my own reaction to convincing. Awesome. Why are you so mad at me? Because of the shit you said earlier. <laughs> Spartan but- stuff. Spartans suck, and they shouldn't have ever been in the blah, 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 blah. Is no, they should, get to the, blah, blah, blah. they should get to the final four. You should four. never hope that they win ever. Like, what's the point? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you who barely cares, and you care that just one That was enough to make me mad. <laughs> you care just one year. I think we've got the intro right there. No. <laughs> that would be fun. Just, uh, just, to start with, no just to start with the, uh, <laughs> just yeah, Maddie yeah, for yeah, that yeah, shit yeah. you said. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>